0: Welcome, everyone, to Around the ACL. Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione for another week of exciting cornhole action coming off an open, going into an open. Big news. I know you guys are avid bagging and bragging listeners, so you probably already <laughs> know that we finally got an intro video and it rivals the Around the ACL video. Nah, thanks to Corey. I got to so, see
1: um... it to believe it. See it to believe it.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you already saw it, though, because you're an avid listener, right? I mean... Oh, I catch them all. Yeah. I
1: catch yeah, them all.
0: Yeah, I figured. <laughs> oh, no. But in all seriousness, uh, lots of fun things to get into. Uh, we're also going to do some overreaction Monday, and we're going to do some midseason awards. So lots of good stuff coming up for you today. Uh, Trey, how was your weekend? How much cornhole did you get to catch? Tell us all about it.
2: I watched a lot of cornhole this weekend. I watched right. almost this this whole... Uh, open kind of doubles and singles uh start to finish so i mean i i watched a good bit of it so it was good i stayed so we just did a bunch of cleaning and errands and stuff like that around the house so i had i had time to actually watch and, and pay attention which was which was great so i actually am very informed about everything nice. that happened this weekend so that's <laughs> it's, uh, really good um no 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 it was it was it was a good weekend of just uh Yeah, I watched a lot of cornhole. I watched, you know what I did though? I did not watch a single uh, minute or second of cornhole anywhere except TikTok. So I watched our entire broadcast from TikTok this time, mostly because I wanted to see like what the dynamic was. I tell you what, it's my new favorite place to watch. I love watching on our TikTok because the audience that gets on those things is not cornhole related. Like, if you watched any of the broadcasts this weekend and you were wondering why Jake and Wally had to explain the rules every yeah. 10 minutes, it's because on TikTok you had so many people that were commenting, like, can someone explain the rules to me real quick? Because I don't and I don't what know what's going on. And I love <laughs> this. But I, I gotta give a shout out to Jake and Wally, they did a really great job. They had so the if you add Saturday and Sunday. The views of our live stream just on TikTok. 1.2 million people watched oh wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's taken off. It's taken off on, on, on TikTok. It's becoming a new place. So I like I I really wanted to see what the dynamic was in the chat and how it looked and like everything. And it was it was really, really cool. We really liked it. And uh I think the only thing is you know, we got to figure out how to moderate all these bots that get in the chat. But other than that, they had like, they had over 5,000 people watching live at one point. So I what mean, made it was,
0: us go to TikTok? Like, where did that come from randomly?
2: You know, so part of it was that like TikTok in general has had really good numbers for the ACL over the past year and a half. And then over the past like two months, it, it's kind of plateaued a little bit. And generally, this is getting into a little bit of, uh, you know, nitty gritty here. But in general, if being a guy that's worked in a lot of social media, when you see that and it's because you've had really viral content in the past and it's not going viral now, it generally nine times out of 10 means that you are not uh, playing the algorithm correctly anymore, which means they've changed something. And so what TikTok has done is there's such an overwhelming a push on the platform for people to go live mm. that they're pushing way more live content and TikTok shop content than they are like a lot of the vi- the videos that would have gone viral uh previously. So now we're starting the w- the idea was let's play the game. Let's play mm-hmm. the algorithm that they're putting out there and obviously uh it's it's working. So um but yeah, yeah we'll, told- we'll be on TikTok forever now.
0: Yeah. I told Corey, cause we're going to be doing San Diego in the middle of the live stream. I said, please make us a graphic explaining the rules <laughs> <laughs> so that we can just flash it up every once in a while
2: and then not just have to Just for TikTok deal- studio. Just for yeah, TikTok. Yeah.
0: Exactly. We only need it for TikTok. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm like just thinking, you know, ahead here. <laughs> That's awesome. Anthony, did you catch any of it this weekend?
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, caught a lot, of, caught a lot of cornhole. Um, obviously, some basketball for little man. We're in the uh, they call it the league season, um, which is where you're actually playing, you know, a twelve game league, and then you go into a playoffs, uh, and then we have our tournament season, which is coming up in about March. So we're in this league rhythm where we have doubleheaders every every Saturday. Uh, and then he trains on Sunday. So we we definitely crush him basketball this weekend. But, yeah, I got it fired up in the living room. Um, I had, like, two multiple – because, you know, you've got, like, Nico Morellis going live and Adam Hissner going live. You know, So it's like I got these little mobile devices and I got the TV, you know, and it's like I'm trying to watch as many games as possible because we don't always get the best matches on the live stream. You know, you can only right. put so much on a live stream. So really the, the games for me is, is – you know, what's going to tell us a little bit more about the rookie of the year race, how the pros are coming into the new season, you know, MVP stuff, the team's events, you know, like, so you're trying to like I'm watching three matches at one time. So it's uh you can't absorb it all, but it it was a good time. A good time.
0: We just had a playoff football on with cornhole, but what was crazy was we went up to the snow again and some miracle we had service so we were watching cornhole out in the snow as Rome sledding and doing all the things so I did get to catch uh some of singles as well but uh doubles was at home uh simultaneously watching football um so with that said uh what are your thoughts on the event as a whole Trey so this was in Hamilton, Ohio aside from it being cold which we heard several times (laughs) what what'd you take away from the event?
2: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it was a good mix. And I thought Saturday and Sunday were two very different, like, themes. Like, I felt like Saturday was, like, the who's who showed up and put their foot down to talk about how good they are. And then Sunday it was, like, if you've never won anything before, you were going to (laughs) win. Like, it was just a weird combination of, of dynamics. I guess I'll start on the double side, you know. Hey, I put them on the clock. I said it was important for Mark Richards and Tony Smith to win the open, right? Be, or win an open before yeah. the pro season. And I said it was going to be a failure if they did not do that. Well, they listened. And honestly, they were scary good. Um, and it, they looked like the team this weekend that you expect a super team to look like. And a lot of times the super team doesn't live up to those expectations. More often than not, they do not live up to those expectations, right? So I think, you know, in addition to that, I think, you know, just seeing how they performed at a high level, it was kind of scary because if they go on a run like that throughout the season, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to beat them at all if they throw like that. Statistics wise, they went 8-0. They threw a combined team PPR of 10.15 across the entire tournament. They threw a combined DPR across an entire tournament of 0.97. A four-backer percentage of 42%. And you know my favorite, points allowed per game, 8.1. And this wasn't as if this was a duo that didn't play anybody. You look at the list of teams that they beat, and it's just absolutely littered with ACL pros, most notably the team that I think a lot of us picked as a potential team that was going to win this whole thing. And that was Jeremiah Ellis and Devin Harbaugh. But in in reality, Richards and Smith just came out down the middle. And you know what? I'll be the first to say it. I love the effect that Mark Richards is having on Tony Smith right now. Because when I watch Tony Smith play, he's a completely different person. And he, I thought he, he translated that so well, being that he was much more – he almost looked bored, right? And I think that's important <laughs> for Tony Smith to be in that specific – He is bored. He out- He's
1: throwing slinkies. Yeah. He's bored.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, and you know what? He outperformed Mark, Rick, Mark Richards. He was better than Mark Richards in doubles when they won that day. Statistically and just by watching him, Tony Smith could do whatever he wanted – whenever he wanted, and I think it was important. I tweeted out this morning, it was a significant win from both of them from a couple different perspectives in the all-time list. Mark Richards is now one title away from Jamie Graham and Ooh. two titles away from Matt guy. Guys, we could be at the end of this season talking about Mark Richards being the all-time ACL titles winner, and that's going to spark up plenty of conversation I won't steal any thunder from future us. I'll let us talk about it then. But, um, And then Tony Smith gets his eighth title, and he moves into the top 10 all-time. That's now two people have gotten their eighth title this season moving into that top 10 spot. Tony Smith did it. Adam Hissner also did it uh, uh, a couple opens ago when he won doubles alongside Trey Birchfield. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we could talk a lot about doubles. I think, uh, you know... Mark Richards and Tony Smith, I think, have to appropriately and rightfully steal the show in that regard because they deserve that. Other things, Ellis and Harbaugh are exactly who they thought they could be. Watch out. This is a team that I think has really good chemistry in a lot of different ways that felt natural, but you could tell that they hadn't thrown together a lot, but at least from a chemistry and a bag placement in a – this is a team I could see playing together more in the future and something that we could see on a repeated basis, maybe even future pro partners. Obviously, neither one of these guys want to say anything back about their pro partner, and, and they'll keep their pro partners. I'm not saying that. I'm just really saying this looked like a team that could really click with the multiple events underneath their belt. and So I'm, I, I would be interested to see if they play more together in the future. And then I also want to say, how about Matt and Brett Guy? I mean, for them to make it all the way to this point now, they they fall off right there, right at the end. And I think that was just a little bit of, you know, you're at the final four, right? (laughs) So at some point, someone's got to win. But I thought they started to look like old Matt and Brett. And I kind of liked it. And I think they have a lot of potential to continue that run. Are they going to be a top five team this season? I don't think so. But I still think they could be better than... Jamie Graham and Frank Modlin, Uh, you know, and if we look about a team looking who comes out of that partnership better, I think Matt guy and Brett guy have a higher potential as it stands right now. I think they could be a top five, the top 15 team uh, easily right now. Uh, And then finally, Alec Ryan and Ethan Walker, I challenged them to put it together. They were individually players that were having really successful seasons. I wanted to challenge them to work together and have a really good doubles finish. And they did. Ethan Walker was disgusting. Uh, A lot of part of that doubles tournament. I think Alec just fell off a little bit at the end, but overall, a really strong showing, really impressive on the double side. Um, I'll let Anthony talk before I take off this whole thing, just talking about doubles.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so obviously our doubles winners were Mark Richards and Tony Smith, and that was my hot take, although not so hot, other than the fact that they hadn't done it yet, but... Well, you know, they they, they brought it together. Uh, singles winner, Jaden Ellis. Women's, Samantha Finley. Seniors, Dan Schulten And juniors, Candler Bag. Anthony, what'd you think?
1: Okay, I'll talk more singles then. Uh, first of all, Ryan Hart is at home going, Trey, stop talking, man. Stop talking <laughs> about taking my partner away from me. Uh, but I agree. They looked really, really, really good. Um, yeah, so if we kind of just focused on singles then, uh, and I'll just take a broad approach. Because for me, as we... As we work through the opens, it tells a lot. Like I've been saying, I want to look at this whole thing holistically. What do our rookies look like? What we thought coming out of the showcase. Where are we getting those guys? Who are our top 10s in doubles and singles? Who are our top 20s? You know, some teams that, nah, you know what? They're going to be outside of 50. So I'm really looking at this thing holistically. Um, So I'm just going to burn through a lot, Mish. Caden Howlin out-PPR'd Matt Guy in his bracket, which never... Happens. Matt Guy always wins his bracket in PPR. He threw a 1056 6 over 94 rounds to win that bracket. He killed the whole weekend, singles and doubles. A 10.56 in singles, a 10.85 in doubles. Caden Allen was fired this weekend. Evan Vanos, again, talking about just this thing holistically. We saw him uh, in the showcase. Um, took second in his bracket. He took down a guy like Damon Dennis. He took down Matt guy so a guy like Evan Vanos now we're like hey let's let's start talking about or looking at him a little bit closer as a rookie Almanza and Getty ninth in their bracket and remember these they're eight brackets so we're really spreading that talent around I don't expect to see a guy like Almanza or Getty take ninth in his bracket. Where is the open singles winner we saw in Carson Getty from last season? I really want to see him perform a little bit better. Um, The Ellis Richards, I I feel like we're starting to get them more and more head-to-head in brackets. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a rivalry going on there. Uh, I'm not for sure, but this might be Ellis's first win against Mark Richards, if I'm correct. Um, Mark Richards knocks him down. He gets his revenge coming up through the loser's bracket, gets that one win. Just want to mention that these guys seem to run into each other in brackets often, so it could create a little bit of a rivalry. Timmy Jonas, 25th in his bracket. I want to see him do a little bit better. Duncan Clemmer, 17th in his bracket. So when we talk about who's our top 25, you know, this kind of tells the picture a little bit. If you're taking 17th and 25th in your bracket, when there's eight brackets, a guy like Jonas and Clemmer expect themselves, they'll say it too, I expect to do better. Then 17th in a bracket i thought zach lewis had a really good run he's been a guy that has been on my radar a little bit just haven't had a chance to talk about him because he hasn't really shown up much but a fifth place run for him really solid excited to see him do that Uh, austin cameron another one of those rookies taking fourth in his bracket i've been waiting to talk about him a little bit um you know we talk about those five he's kind of just outside that i think a good run for him we got to talk about Landon Bass's run because he had to go through, he probably had the toughest run through this thing, but I thought it was pretty impressive, you know, going through Brett Guy, then Mark Richards 21 to one. Wow. And then Jeremiah Ellis. So a really solid run. Not only did he win a bracket, he won a tough bracket. And then he made his way through a couple rounds into that finals. Tough, tough run for him. Mish, Logan Hall. What do you remember about Logan Hall coming out of the uh he
0: was a star the, uh, and he was a star. First- first drafted a Cali Slinger. So I was watching them. I wanted to see if it was worth it.
1: 13th in bracket. Um, you know, I expected more out of him uh, just from what we saw in the showcase. I thought we were going to get more. But again, just tells us a little bit about him. Some of these players we're not seeing in five or six opens already. Sometimes they've only been to one or two. So 13th in bracket, wanted to see him a little bit better. How about Matthew Troxell? Uh, another one of those players to me, similar to Zach Lewis. He's been on radar. I've been wanting to talk about him more. 7th seventh, seventh in his bracket, I thought was was a good run. Another solid run for Joe K. I think we can say he's out of that funk. He continues to show up deep in brackets. Singles and doubles. Ryan Windsor, for me, we talk about consistency. What do we say every time we get on a show after it an open? Another solid run by Ryan Windsor. I think he's really solidified himself as a top 10 player and should be in all rankings. He continues to take down brackets and do well. Eric Anderson, 17th in his bracket on his home turf so you know a guy where i thought maybe would be on a comeback you know we talk about comeback a little bit later uh not not quite there i want to see uh and- anderson do a little bit better ben brown a guy who's won a bracket and opened 13th in bracket we can say mason trader is good too we talk a lot about ryan trader his twin brother right i want to say they're they're yep. twins twin brother mason trader uh, made a solid run. He he could be a really good player in this game as well. Um, Juwan Smith, again, another rookie coming out of the, uh, of the showcase. He was pretty impressive. He takes fifth in his bracket, made a really good run there. So starting to put him on radar a little bit. Uh, Elizabeth Tennyson takes third in her bracket. What? Now, if you look at a little bit closer, uh, it was an easy run. Let's be serious. Elizabeth will probably agree. Didn't, didn't play a pro until she got all the way to uh Schlobaum in that third place match, lost it. So all of her wins to amateurs and a lot of them, I didn't even know who they were, um, but still a solid run. Third place in bracket slow bomb showing up, you know, a guy that when he came in, he was kind of at the top. We were talking about him a lot. Good to see him show up. Burniss taking down a bracket. Um, are we talking about him as a top 10, 15 guy? No, not really. And if you look at his bracket, it was a pretty light bracket, but, It kind of gives you a – we're talking about dedicated pro players, players that are making this their job. You expect guys like Burneset to show up. You know, we always say, oh, these high school kids, they're really good because they go to class and they play cornhole. Well, there's adults out there who are just playing cornhole. They don't have Mm -hmm. class. So there are some guys like Windsor, Bernisette, you know, Jordan Power. These guys are dedicated pro players. We should be seeing them perform just like these young high school kids that have a lot of time in this game. So happy to see Bernasette take down a bracket. Can we talk about Nico Morellis for a minute? Um, You know, this one's a, 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 I don't know, a proud moment for me just because, you know, uh, Nico's not just a a great player in this game, but he's a friend as well. And we saw him, you know, had this unbelievable season uh, his rookie year where he was like, I want to say he was Top eight or seven in PPR in the whole league, and then finished a hundred and first or something like that. And we're all scratching our head going, how is he the one of the best scorers in the game? But then he finished a hundred and something. He had he definitely improved last year, continues to threaten brackets. He got it done this time. And against another name that just came on radar. And I think we're again we're going to continue to see this trend, Braden Patterson. Have you guys heard is this name at all on your guys's radar? Nope. Nope. Because he comes out, makes it to the championship match. He beat Walker to get there. He beats Ethan Walker to get there. He beat Nico Morellis in the first scoop, if I remember correctly. Um, Amazing player. And again, it's just like, these names keep coming up. But it's Nico Morellis, I think, he's missing that one thing. He's got this Matt Guy-esque mentality. Overuse of the, I shouldn't say overuse of the air mill because it does rescue him a lot and it does put him in good position. But times where I'm like, ah, don't shoot that, and then he shoots it. You know, Um, I think that he can, he does have a legitimate frontward, a front tilt cut bag. That's how he throws it. I think he could use that ability to move right to left a little bit more, whether it be getting in side by sides. Versus airmailing over the top of a level one, I think that'll that'll improve him a lot. Or really getting that to go around blockers, as opposed to airmailing. Because this first thought is I'm going to airmail over a level one and a half too. I think Nico Morales, if he could just introduce one more shot, you know, one more shot. And I think I think because he already has that natural tilt, let's use that to put yourself uh, in position to to not just take second place or third base in, in brackets, but to continue to win brackets and I think that goes to show when we look at the top all the players who are winning opens whether it's doubles or singles they're all missing you know they all have that thing and the guys right outside are missing that one more shot and I think Nico Morales is in that bucket I have like 10 more I'd love to talk about mish but uh, <laughs> I gotta have get to, to, to the skip winner over them. yeah <laughs> I gotta get to the winner there um but yeah so we get to that singles final uh and wasn't this a was this a rematch of this this was the semi-final in high school wasn't it yes yeah so we like got a rematch. <laughs> we get a rematch of the high school semifinals for the finals of this open. Uh Jaden Ellis got on TV. He just wasn't the player he was all day. Um, He was giving up twos, twos, twos. He had chances to capitalize. Didn't. He had a lot of bags jammed. That broadcast just didn't go the way he, he wanted. Obviously, Landon Bass goes on to the final. Well, he gets his revenge this time, um, and if we look at Jeremiah Ellis's game, I think I, I love his game because it's a true hybrid game. I wouldn't call him a roll guy. I wouldn't call him a guy who uh, runs bag and shoots airmail. He really does have all the shots, and he uses them sparingly, very like Mark Richards-like to me. Um, yeah. He's got that roll bag, but he only uses it when it's the right time. He has an amazing airmail, and typically we see these roll guys – you know they they roll so much that their airmail air kind of comes down. I think he's really leveled those out to where his roll bag and his airmail are just as deadly, and he can use those. His push bag, you know, with that with that exaggerated step through, you know that that slick side works really well for him to punch through. So no surprise that he won that. You know, this is the world's amateur uh, champ. He's beating guys in conferences like Bernisette. Um, You know, he's he's been beating guys at the top level for a long time. No surprise. Um, but I kind of wanted a Jordan power, Jeremiah Ellis final. Just say,
2: didn't we all just, didn't we all. <laughs> just say we did get them in doubles though. And the doubles we did fun.
0: It was Tough. so fun. I wish we had more players like that. Cause that was pure entertainment.
1: Yeah. Guys, if you missed that, go back and watch, uh, watch that doubles matchup. Um, it was awesome to get it from both sides. You know, you had Ellis out there like, uh, Hey, hey uh Power, you don't talk so much when you're down, huh? Like in the middle of the game like he's getting him going, Power takes a timeout, shanks the shot and he's like yeah, that timeout didn't work. You know, just like totally getting in his head. I was loving it.
0: He I dishes it. More of that. What I appreciate about Ellis is that he also compliments, right? So he Facts. he's he goes both. Like, yeah, he'll be, he'll dish it but then he'll be like that was a great shot, you know. Next. I can't do that. When someone throws a good shot, I'm like, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) So I appreciate it. All right, moving on to overreaction Monday. So are these overreactions? Mark Richards and Tony Smith are almost, now almost, unbeatable.
2: I don't think it's an overreaction. I, you know, uh, look, and here's why. You take the number one and number two best players in the world from last year. You put them in as a doubles team, and in theory, they should be the best team in the world, and they should rarely lose, right? The only thing is, what if it doesn't click? What if it just doesn't work? Well, now it's working. They've already shown that it can work. Like, look, I, I, I don't know if they'll do what Eddie and Caleb did this last year, but what I see from them is not something that I'd want to see if I was in the pro division. I, I, I don't think it's an overreaction at all. OK, Anthony,
1: I'm going to say it's an overreaction, man. The, the talent is just way too deep to say that someone's almost unbeatable. Um, <laughs> will we see them consistently in bracket finals? Absolutely. But getting out of these brackets is so tough. You know, the talent is so deep. I'm going to say overreaction, but definitely they're a top three, two, three, one team. But unbeatable, that's a powerful word.
0: <laughs> jeremiah ellis has a problem finishing
2: tournaments
1: wow i <laughs> uh,
2: this is a little bit of an overreaction okay. <laughs> uh, i think I, I think like this could very be much a case or of like the guy does this throughout the opens and then he comes out and he wins two pro events right i mean we could we could be talking about it in that regard right so i think it's just too early he's a rookie you got to give him time to figure it out right and yeah. uh, he, and and It's not as if we're seeing here, 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 here on that last game. It's pretty consistent. And some people are just having their best game right there at the end. If anything, maybe we'd love to see him kind of peaking right at the end, but that takes time to do at this level. So it's an overreaction. Anthony?
1: I agree. It's an overreaction. And if we look at those losses, you know, he lost to Bass. He threw a 10-7-6 and lost by one bag. (laughs) Yeah. Um in the doubles final he was the best player. Uh you know you're getting deep into the uh into these uh brackets. He was the best player in my opinion. Um in the bracket playoff uh, against Tony Smith. Tony Smith missed three bags the whole game. You know, so that's tough. And then if you go all the way back to his loss against Richards uh oh, I don't know open 4 or something way back there. Um he threw a 10-6-5 and lost. Um yeah. so Overreaction. The dude's the dude's just running into really tough people. Are bringing their best at the times where he's losing.
0: Jaden Ellis is the top
2: pro prospect in the country. Uh, not an overreaction. He won. He won the Advanced Singles World Championship. I think you know we saw what he could do in high school, and then he, he wins his first open. I mean, I think the the kid is absolutely legit and should be the top pro prospect uh, right now across the country. The only concern I have is like, I just want to see him on a broadcast one more time to show me that his 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 lesser performance was a fluke and not a pattern. But other than that, I I, I don't think it's overreaction at all to see the top, Anthony.
1: Yeah, not overreaction. I mean, you got to look at it at all levels for the resume, right? Let's look at regionals and conferences. How's he's doing? Well, he's beating Burneset. He's beating Joe K. He's always deep in conferences. You mentioned the amateur, uh, the world's amateur champ. He's even doing well in doubles with with players that were completely off radar. He won his doubles bracket at world, so he's doing all the things. He's already got that TV broadcast through the high school college championship. Now he's winning open, so he's definitely that pedigree that's going to come in and could be a top twenty player in the league. So yeah, I'd have to agree. Not that's true.
0: Clearly, that broadcast that didn't go his way didn't shake him because he comes back and wins an comes open Right after back. that. Matt and Brett Guy are back in the top ten discussion.
2: Um, I'll say they're in the discussion. I don't think it's an overreaction, right? Uh, because what we were waiting for was them, for them to get back in a dominating fashion. And yes, they lose one game in that 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 playoff, but they looked really good, and they were back to that Matt and Brett dynamic that we we kind of like, right? The one yeah. where you know they're up nineteen to four, and Brett makes a dumb mistake, and Matt is just you know cussing Brett out from the other end. Like they're up 19- <laughs> <laughs> like what's like just good old kinda, dad father time or dad son time. Yeah, it's like we kind of like that, and I think it's been missing in the game. So, like I think I don't I wouldn't put them in my top 10, but they're now on that short list where I would start looking at it, and I think that's where they want to be. So I don't think it's an overreaction to say that at all. Anthony?
1: Not an overreaction. They're always going to be in the discussion. Um they're not on the top 10 right now, my top 10, but always in the discussion, especially when, when Matt guy's in the mix, anything could happen with that guy.
0: (laughs) Elizabeth Tennyson is expected to be a top three woman in the sport this year.
2: I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, Now I will say I'm probably higher on her performance than Anthony was right. Anthony alluded to the bracket being very, you know, soft, right. For lack of a better term, which I would agree with. It wasn't the hardest bracket, but When I watched her games, she didn't make the big mistake and she took advantage of points when she needed, right? If not for an, she had an epic collapse against Burnesset right there at the end. If she doesn't have that collapse, she's winning that game, right? She's right there at the end of beating someone in a bracket final for a queen seat. Like all of these things are laid up. So She's got the potential. I would actually put her as a number five female right now, simply on that performance to get into top three is a little bit too much. So for that, I'll say it's a little bit of an overreaction. Especially
0: because of who you had to take out. Correct. (laughs) Correct.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what did we
1: learn from Tennyson in in that shootout? Uh, The first time she really came on the radar nationally is she can be the best player in the room for a given game. She does have that high ceiling. It's just the consistency over time. What does the floor look like? I mean, when you're talking about Rosie Streaker still out there, Bella's now back into the mix. You know, what's going to happen with Cheyenne, um, you know, with the baby and all that responsibility is still to be determined. Finley's still killing it. Cassidy's still out there. Hunter Irwan, that's going to be a tough uh, uh, mix to get in there and say I'm top three in. She lost to Finley in the women's bracket 21-12. to I think Finley has her. Yeah, I think that's an overreaction.
0: Fair enough. Moving on to our next open coming up this weekend, January 19th to the 21st in Bryan, Texas. Have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Texans there at this open. And that is one of the meccas of cornhole, you know, Texas and Florida. So I'm excited to see the talent that shows up. Trey, who are you looking at?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of Texas players. (laughs) Uh, You know, but I think. This is a very important open for one team and one team only. Who am I going to say, Anthony? You're on mute.
1: It's important for one team and one team only. <laughs> Who am I going to um, say? Man. I don't, I don't know.
2: Eddie, Grindersleeve, and Caleb back.
1: You think? Why why so?
2: I think it's important because you were the best, and they don't need to win. They don't need to win. But you were the best team in the world. You had the best season ever in the recorded history of the ACL. And in somehow, somehow in five months after that performance, you have nobody talking about you. Not a one. How is that physically possible? It's because they may not have been playing together, not traveling as much. Fine. I get all that. I'm not saying they did anything incorrect to get where they are. But I am saying is you have an open in your home state, a little bit smaller than some of these other large events, right? There, There needs to be a minimum of a third place finish here minimum i think in my mind right fine you tell me they go out and finish third and they lose to logan chamberlain and justin burton jr actually i didn't even see that they're on the list playing but uh you know gavin conno and fisher hamilton you know fine whatever i i get it you're losing to a top tier team and it's close but you can't come out and finish 10th you can't come out and finish. 13th. They won't. That's why I'm saying it's important <laughs> because it's important because if they do, Anthony, you know what one of those buy or sells is going to be next week, right? You can <laughs> you can see it ahead of time, right? If any great Caleb Batson come out were not they finish 17th, you're gonna be concerned. I know you're gonna be concerned, and everybody should be concerned, right? Because we're talking about a team that was un- literally couldn't lose to go to where they are now. So I think it's important important for them to have a really, really good showing this weekend. To Anthony's point, they're probably going to, right? Um, You know, I think they're going to be just fine. Now, going off of who I think it's the most important for, there's also a lot of other things to watch, right? On this list, I see Gavin Cano. He was probably the only bracket winner. He was probably in that eight people that we didn't let Anthony get to. Right, that of the list of people that really performed this past weekend and Myrtle Beach, he wins his bracket again. I still think Gavin Cano is one of the most underrated singles players out there. And it's crazy to say that because he's not he's not like people don't like him at all. It's 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 that for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because he's paired up with Fisher and Fisher got his last year. Fisher's one opens before, right? That because he's paired with him, he's viewed as the B player. And since he's viewed as the B player, he can't go on and be a dominant singles player himself. Well, I think he's shown that that's absolutely not true. So for me, when I talk about it, he's dominated some of the performances in texas right he's won some conference events i expect him to do quite well as well then probably the last the third person I'm, I'm kind of really excited to see and watch now is that is Braden wilson yeah this is a rookie that a lot of people have been talking about right someone that's going to be a really high performer a kid that's got a great head on his shoulders young kid looking to perform at a high level Everybody's got him on the rookie of the year watch list. Everybody else that we kind of have on that watch list has already had somewhat of a signature performance so far this season. You could maybe argue Sammy Soto hasn't quite seen it, but he's got that also got that opportunity this weekend to do the same. But look at Caden Allen. Our Anthony has already talked about what he did just even this past weekend. Ryan Traders won two opens. Jeremiah Ellis. Has almost won like four events already. So when we talk about this list of rookie of the year and the ballots and what they look like, to me, as of right now, it's tough to put Braden Wilson anywhere close to that conversation. Personally, what I've seen this year. Now, we haven't just, we haven't just haven't seen him a lot. And now you're putting him in Texas, a home event, if you will, with an opportunity to play at a really high level, which is what everybody from Texas says the kid already does. So he can extend that reach and extend that perception that he should be one of those Rookie of the Year candidates this weekend by his performance. So I'm watching those three in particular because I think when you have a somewhat smaller field, it's in the state of Texas, you got to watch the players that are expected to defend their home turf.
0: Absolutely. Anthony, who are you looking at?
2: Yeah, I was just kind of burning down this one live. Uh, fun
1: one here. You got the uh, the actual bag maker and the sponsored player, Renard, and Creek Killer going to team up. I, I thought it's kind of bummer because, you know, we're getting closer to the team event. This is an opportunity for, for Windsor and Creek Killer to really get together and start honing those that chemistry working together. So in, I don't see Windsor in the field here, so he's going to miss out on that one. Um, staying in that same area, you've got Costanza and Sopranet going to be teaming up. This one's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, And actually, I think it's worthy of a like a follow, like almost trying to check out every match. Jacob Gore and Steve Schrader. Stop playing. (laughs) That's like opposite sides of the spectrum, right? (laughs) In so many ways, yes. Uh, But they could do damage. I mean, you have two completely different style players, age. What are they throwing? I mean, you name it bag styles, everything is different. What are they going to throw? That one could be. Uh, kind of fun. You mentioned Grinder Batson. Um, I said at one time in the show, they could suck in every open all the way to the pro event and I wouldn't be worried. I'm going to stand <laughs> by that. It kind of goes against what Trey is saying. Uh, but these guys just have too much history, too much chemistry for any of that really to bother them. I think they come into the pro season ready to rock and roll. Um, Almanza Trzinski going to be tough. Uh, here's, here's a, a kind of a mix up in partnerships. That one's going to be fun. We're going to get to, we're going to get to see the dedicated pro partners, Sammy Soto and Jackson Gore back together. I'm excited to see this one just from a top 10 discussion. You know, probably maybe outside of some of the top 10s, maybe slipping in. I think here's an opportunity to really solidify that discussion. I think there's a whole storyline around Logan Chamberlain right now. Possibly the best doubles player in the game. This one might shock you a little bit. He's won. What do we have? We just had our seventh open. He's won three doubles uh open championships with two different partners this is going to be a third one with gavin Cono. how crazy would that be if logan chamberlain comes in pulls a fourth doubles title with three partners in the same season that would be pretty amazing so i'm gonna have a close eye on those guys just because of that storyline um love seeing some guys like dylan turpin coming out we don't get to see him a lot and we know he's a top player What does Dylan Turpin look right now? Has he been evolving that piece he's been missing to take him off of the best second place player in the world right now? He always takes second. Um, What has he added to his game going into 2024 to get him over that hump? I want to see that. Uh, And then you mentioned uh, Braden Wilson and AJ Sims. Again, similar storyline. We don't get AJ Sims all the time. Uh, We don't get Braden Wilson all the time. So I'm excited to see those three guys essentially in their home turf, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, whatever you want to say. Uh, competing, so I'm excited about those ones. Mish,
0: you mentioned the bag maker and playing with the pro player, but you didn't yeah. mention little Cash Chamness playing with Alex Hicks. Oh, yeah, son of really? Let's, owner go. Rich.
1: <laughs> Let's go.
0: Cash is a little shooter. Um, he he is. where was he that? Failed.
1: Where was that? Um, where was Ohio, Minnesota, Minnesota,
0: Minnesota. No, Minnesota. Oh. I think, or was it Ohio? No, maybe it was Ohio.
1: You're right. They went – was it Brackett – Damon – I think they played Damon Dennis or someone yep. in the final. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. That would A be seven awesome. A
0: seven-year-old playing Damon Dennis. I mean, it, that's cornhole for you. <laughs> seven <laughs> and
2: <laughs> seven and 60. Let's go. Yeah, yeah.
1: And
2: then Jake or Steve Schrader. Just, you know, it, yeah. That, uh,
0: that's my favorite yes. thing about the sport is just the – yeah, the age discrepancy is so cool. Where else do you get that? Let's move on to some mid-season awards. So these are not um, – you know, necessarily predictive, but it's who you would have as your award winners if the season ended today, starting off with MVP, who you got, Trey.
2: Yeah, I think this one's pretty straightforward. I gotta go with Mark Richards, and I think it gets capped off by the fact that he just won in doubles alongside Tony Smith. When we we're talking about someone we've only had seven opens. There's been two players to win two of them. That would probably propel them towards the top. And then you add on the fact that Mark Richards and now Tony Smith take down the most recent open. I still think Mark Richards is the best player in the world right now. I would go, my MVP would be pretty easy, Mark Richards.
0: Anthony?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Open three champ, open four champ. You mentioned the doubles championship. Uh, Three of four times they've won their bracket, or he's won his bracket in doubles, obviously playing with tony smith so uh yeah he's my mvp which is <clears throat> i was the only one that kind of pulled out caleb batson as potentially the number one player in the world i'm thinking ahead to the pro season i really i'm still standing by i think caleb batson could threaten that number one spot for uh for mark richards but right now he's the
2: mvp
0: rookie of the year
2: yeah this is a two horse race for me and i know some people will be even bothered. don't do it trey I- by even me mentioning, (laughs) right, that it is a two-horse race, because you're like, all right, Trey, how many rookies have won an Open? One. How many have they won? They've won two of them. That should be the (laughs) easiest answer in the world. And it's still not the easiest answer in the world for me. I still am trying to find a way to get Jeremiah Ellis, because I just just think – that potential is so much there, but I can't grade on potential right now. The rookie of the year is Ryan trader. Okay, he has earned that. It's his spot. Um, maybe being predictive, I may predict something else, but right now, Ryan trader has earned it. If there was actually anything up to this date, that trader hasn't lived as much up to it's on the double side. And I don't know if you can fully just put that all on trader himself Ellis has had more success with multiple partners on that double side. When we think about MVP, we do have to consider singles and doubles. Yeah. But still, as of right now, it needs to go to Ryan Trader. He has earned it and uh, he gets to hold it until someone else takes it from him.
0: (laughs) Fair. Anthony?
1: Yeah, they're even on the uh, five open singles. They've both won their bracket three times, so we can call that a wash. But really, what's standing out there is two and zero, oh, like you were saying, Trey, in the singles wins. Um, Ellis, I think, is you know just a little bit, little bit, got a little bit of a head on the double side. He has three bracket wins, but yeah, I'm with Trey on this one, Ryan Trader, right now. But it is by no means, uh, you know, far from Jeremiah yeah. Ellis. He's right there.
0: He is right there. A comeback player of the year.
2: All right, this is new this season. So uh, similar to other sports, someone that's making a resurgence, right? Not the first time they've been there, but maybe a time when they've they've come back for whatever uh, different reason. I, I have I have a split. I I'm giving this award to two different people. I, okay, and I, it's it's Mish doesn't for- allow that. Cheater. Yep.
1: Misch does not <laughs> allow
2: that. Um, so I have a split award between, and because there are two different reasons, and and. If one wouldn't qualify, I would understand why. If Ryan Windsor qualifies for this award, I'm going to give it to Ryan Windsor because Ryan Windsor used to be for like three straight seasons been like number two player in the world, number three player in the world, whatever it was, Number two. Yeah, and then last season he finished his 23rd. Is that bad? No, but it's not the same level of Ryan Windsor. Right now, Ryan Windsor is playing easily top 10, borderline top five level performance with the consistency and the high finishes that he is putting forth. And so for that, I think he gets back into that, and he has earned his way back into that. And so I would give it to him there. The only other person that's worth putting on this list is – I. we challenged, all of us on this show, Noah Almanza. He was someone that was ranked outside the top 100 – way outside the top 100 last season. After finishing in the top eight the year before, he already gets a W under his belt on the Open Series this year. We definitely want to see more consistency, but now we're seeing someone that I think is easily in the top 50, probably borderline top 30 coming into the conversation. And for me, someone to go top 10 all the way to 170 back into a top 30 is worthy of a comeback player. So do two different instances of accomplishing a good goal. Anthony.
1: I actually do like the Windsor call. I wasn't even thinking of that because he's just always in the top 20 or whatever. Um, but I do love that. That's, that's a good point. I'm going to go a little bit different. Uh, obviously Almanza was in my thought process. I've been keeping a close eye on an Eric Anderson who fell to hundred and something. It's just not there. Um, Jackson Gore. I don't know why you just keep coming back to him. He's 15th right now in all open standings. We're talking about that he he was a top 12, and then he dropped to 88. Uh, Now he's uh, number 15 in all open standings. He has a singles bracket final at open number four, and he has two doubles uh, bracket finals with Sammy Soto. So I'm going to go Jackson Gore, but I love the Almanza call as well.
0: Last one is going to be
2: breakout player of the year. This is someone that I don't think the numbers are really gonna show by you know by the end of the season or something like that. Or even if you look at like what I'm I'm talking about now, are they that much better? They just have an it factor that they didn't have last year. And that's Ethan Walker. There's now a Ooh, time when I watch yes. Ethan Walker and I go, Whoa, that guy's got it. And when he flips that switch on, he's not losing. And there's not many people in the world. We've talked about this before that have that. I think Ethan Walker has it this season. He'd be my breakout player. Anthony.
1: I love it. I love that call. Um, only because it kind of supports. I put myself out there and I dropped Ethan Walker and Tony Smith's name in the same bucket like five mm-hmm. months ago, um, which is crazy to do because we know how good Tony Smith is. But Ethan Walker's really, I think, living up to that. I love that. Let me just throw another one out there. Uh, Blaine Rozier. I think he'll also be on your your list somewhere there, Trey. Um, 48th in singles right now. He's ninth in open standings. He had a singles bracket uh, final at open number one, which we were all like, whoa, what's happening? Two doubles bracket finals with Jordan Kimbrell. So it's not like he's looking across the boards to a Fisher Hamilton or something like that. He's getting it done with Jordan Kimbrell, who's also actually killing it this year too. So
2: I'm going (laughs) to say Blaine Rozier.
0: I like it. Time for hot takes. Trey, you got your hot take ready?
2: Yep, I'm going to say my the first player I mentioned on my comeback player of the year ballot does not change. Ryan Windsor completes his comeback player of the year campaign. He finishes the oh. season in that top five conversation. What? And so to that, he, he, is, uh, he He stays on my ballot, and I don't change my ballot between now and the end of the year.
1: Okay. Anthony? Top five is hot. I love it. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do another doubles. Um, I kind of like this one because Ryan Smith and Ryan Weedonfield are on my top ten, but they're they're right there around ten. And we have these Texas boys in Texas. I'm gonna say Braden Wilson and AJ Sims, who we haven't seen a lot of lately outside, you know, probably that top ten discussion, but right there are gonna finish better than Ryan Smith and Ryan Wheedenfield. A little competition That's- there.
0: That's so funny because I'm also doing that, except that I'm saying that Donovan Sonelli and Caleb Madenka will yes, finish yes. better than Braden Wilson and AJ Sims.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: <laughs> so you East. went, yeah, we went. It's funny that we use the same doubles team, but different ways. All right. We are all uh, done here for our, your episode this week. You have lots of cornhole to watch this weekend in Texas. So make sure you tune in and we'll see you all next time.